0: Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. How many are happy that you're not getting election calls today? Yeah. Uh, I heard an interesting thing on the radio this morning on my way here. They talked about how when different celebrities, whether it's the president or the vice president or... Another congressperson or a celebrity was going to these rallies. A lot of people decided to listen to them and believe it and voted the way they asked them to vote. So they put their faith in them. They, they believe that, well, I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, I don't, this one lady, you know, she had to get on the stage and, and uh, thank the Lord she's not in Congress. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, moving right on, moving right on. Uh, I was preaching, Joni and I was invited to preach a homecoming, and I've told this to some of you, in Henryville, Indiana. Uh, this was way back. And so we go to this homecoming, they got all this food, it's a Methodist church, and uh, they have all this food there, and I'm up preaching the sermon on homecoming, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of noise in the back and disturbance. And so when I lifted my head and looked back, who walked in but Colonel Sanders? He, he was raised there in that little Methodist church in Henryville, Indiana. And needless to say, they got all excited about my sermon, Turned, got up, turned around, and went back and began to talk to Colonel Sanders. And so that was my benediction. I stopped preaching. Now, I was thinking about that. When certain people come in the room, they get attention. How many knows that? Whether you like President Trump or not, if he walked in the back door right now, everybody would want to shake his hand or talk to him. Because there's something about someone that is well-known people like to associate with. In the kingdom of God, the most well-known person that we need to associate with is Jesus Christ. And you know, many times... Uh, we have needs, as uh, Pastor Alex was saying, or we're going through something, and, and we try to figure out how God can meet that need, or how God should meet that need. How many knows if you had an aunt that had some money, quite a bit of money, and you had a need, you'd pray that God would speak to your aunt? Isn't that true? <laughs> or hope maybe in the will, and she would go on to heaven. But anyway, uh, we always try to figure out and try to help God how God ought to do something. How many has ever tried to help God? You know you have. You might as well lift your hand. You think, man, here's how he could do it. I'm, I'm looking. But how many knows God doesn't always move in the direction or how we think he should move? He can meet our need any way he wants to meet our need. We find this with Lazarus in, in John chapter 11, when, when Lazarus Lazarus about to die, they called for him, knowing that he if he came, their brother would live. How many knows that? But he didn't come. He waited till he died, and when he came in there, they said, "If you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died." And that's true. But not one of them said, "Thank God, the resurrection's here." Thank God you're here. Thank God you know how to meet the need of our brother who's already died and is in that tomb. And all Jesus said to them over as they gathered there in this weeping at the tomb, Jesus said, take away the stone. That's all he asked them. Take that big stone you put away because Jesus knew how he was going to meet that need. Tonight, Jesus knows how he can meet your need. And when he shows up or when he decides to come in your situation, how many knows he can get the job done? In the Word of God, Jesus asks this question, who do you say that I am? And so as we look at that, we would immediately say this is the Son of God. This is one who created the world. This is one who said there's nothing too hard for him to do. And yet many times we're always facing these needs as we have them, and we're trying to help him and help him figure out what he should do. How many knows he don't need us to figure out what he needs to do? The Bible said he knew you before using you your mother's womb. He knows all about you. He knew what you were going to be he knew where you're going to be he knew the needs you would have he knew when you were born again tonight you would have a need he knew already knew that he knew about your need and the bible said he come to supply every need you and i have No matter what that need is, it's already paid for. No matter what that need is, if we'll take away that stone or that thing in our mind that hinders him many times, because we say we believe, but many times we do not believe. We hope he'll meet it. We hope he'll supply it. We hope we're going to be healed. We hope we're going to get a miracle, and yet the Bible says God is a God that meets every need That we have and I want to tell you when he comes on the scene whether you see him or not something will happen I said something will happen when I was preaching that day I wasn't sure nothing was happening but when Colonel Sanders came something began to happen the crowd turned to him matter of fact I was glad to stop preaching and go talk to him myself But see, tonight, what we have to understand is that when Jesus comes in the scene, he will meet your need. The Bible said Christ in us is the hope of glory. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise up a standard. He said, say to the mountain or the need you have, just like he said, say to that stone or move that stone away, if you and I will trust him tonight, he will meet every need that you and I have. Because when we believe that, we're in his presence. Have you ever came to church and you were here and the crowd was big and you said to somebody, uh... Where's so and so and they say well they were here well I didn't see them well just because you don't see them don't mean they weren't here how many knows it's impossible to go to the Walmart without some priest chapel being somewhere in the Walmart a lot of times it's McDonald's but always there's priest chapel there I don't care what time I go, whether it's 10 at night or 6 in the morning, I hear, hey, Pastor Hills, they're there. Everywhere. They're everywhere. And, you know, as we think about that, as you and I think about this as, as we, I was saying that, we need to be aware Jesus is always there. He hasn't left you or forsaken you. He's always there, and he says, if you'll call upon me, and I will show you great and mighty things you know not of. But you and I have to believe that. See, faith is believing no matter what we're facing, he's going to meet that need. He said, I'll never ever be tempted above your able to bear. And with every temptation, I'll give you a way to escape. If he'll do that, how much more does he want to meet other needs in your life and in my life tonight? He said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And so I ask us tonight, who do we say he is? Is he a God that promised and may, may, maybe won't keep it? Is he a God that says that he's our healer and he might not heal us? What kind of relationship or what kind of Christ are we serving tonight? We serve a God tonight that always keeps his word. We serve a God tonight that has never failed. We serve a God who said there's nothing too hard for me to do. And so when I talk about a visitation tonight, I'm talking about letting Christ come in every situation you find yourself in because he's there to meet that need. How many likes miracles? How many likes healings? To see healings? Raise your hand. But how many wants to be sick so you can be the miracle? That, your favorite scriptures. here am I, give it to somebody else. We love it, don't we? We love to hear about people getting financial needs. When they get up and say, I I put my money in the offering plate. I I felt God inspired me to do it. I trusted him, and the mailman bought me money. How many likes that? But you have to give to receive, see? Many of us, we don't like the mailman. Not that he's done anything wrong, we get tired of junk mail and bills. Somebody holler bills. (laughs) And so tonight, we need to stop and ask ourselves, who do we say he is? See, he has never given us a reason that we can't trust him because he's never failed. We believe he's closer than the air we breathe. He promises in his word that the angels of the Lord encamp about us if we fear him. He said, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's our promise. The word of God says Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And so no matter what we face or what we're going through, Our need is always there, and our needer, or the one who meets that need, is always there. Sorry, Lord, I didn't mean to call you a needer. But he's always there, always there to meet your need and my need. And so as we're aware of that, we move into the realm called the kingdom of God, and we move into a realm where there's nothing impossible, For all things are possible if we believe. One of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard of healing, although I've seen many people healed, many miracles, and great things happen, was Janet Neville's testimony of her healing. This is Larry Neville's wife. When she was a young girl, four and a half years old, she came down with polio. Back in those days, they had what they called iron lungs, these were these big machines, round machines. They put you in. They lock you in it. And you're laying there, and all you got a mirror to see what's going on around you because she had polio. When she had polio, her mother began to cry out to God. Her mother was a saint. Her mother used to shout in the church, and she believed the word of God is for her and her daughter, and healing was going to be for Janet. So she began to lock hold of God and call upon him and believe God. They would not let her go in and visit Janet because polio at that time was spreading and they didn't want anybody to be exposed to it. Here's a four-year-old girl in an iron lung. She's laying there all she got, Samara, to see around her. And so they put her iron lung in a position to where in that mirror she could see out the window. Because you couldn't move in that thing. You were trapped in there. And and pressure because polio was such a killer in those days. And her mother began to call upon God. And she touched heaven for Janet. So she could not get in. So late one night she snuck in the hospital. And she got up to where Janet's room was. And she come in and she said, Janet, I've been praying. I've touched the hem of his garment. Jesus is going to come and heal you. Now, if it would have been us, we might say, well, if we see him, we'll believe it. But her mother had touched heaven for her and touched the hem of his garment for her. And Janet said she was laying there. Her mother snuck back out because she wasn't supposed to be there. And she told her mother, I want a bicycle when I get healed. Now polio left you to a position you couldn't ride a bicycle or you couldn't walk many times. And so her mother went out and bought a bicycle and bought her a new dress to wear home from the hospital. How many, how many of those people probably thought Janet's mother had lost her mind? But sometimes it's good to lose our minds and get that new mind. Let this mind be in you and me that was in Christ. And so Janet's laying there. She's hurt her mother. Her mother said, I've touched heaven. Jesus is going to come, and Jesus is going to heal you, and I'm going to take you home. And Janet says that she's laying there looking in that mirror out a window in a far distance way out there. She sees a hand, and she's watching it. And she said, as she watched this hand, it gets closer and closer. It was coming towards her. She said, as she watched that, the hand was moving, and when it got right to the hospital, almost to the window, she felt something go in her body. And Jesus touched her. And when they came in to check her, they could not believe what had happened. They opened that iron lung, they're checking her, and she's got movement and stuff she didn't have before. Her muscles are working like they weren't before, and she was totally healed by the power of God. Totally healed by the power of God. The doctors come in, they were amazed. But Janet's mother believed that Jesus was a healer. And if you could touch him and you put your faith in him, there's nothing he can't do. So the doctors come in admitted something that happened. A few days later, they sent her home and they told her mother, now she won't be able to run and play, you got to keep her in the bed. But Janet had a dream there was going to be a bicycle. And so her mother put her in that new dress, took her to the house, and before she could change clothes, Janet ran and grabbed the bicycle and began to ride it all over that yard. Because she was totally healed by the presence of God. You see, tonight, if you and I can believe, all things are possible. Think about Lazarus. His sisters all said... come that our brother won't die. And all of them said after he came, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. That's what they all said. But I remind you of a man who came to Jesus that had a child that was terrible going to die. And Jesus said, I'll go with you. And he said, you don't have to go with me. He said, I got people under my authority. I tell them to do this, they do it. Just speak the word And I'll believe. And Jesus says, I found no greater faith. In that moment, that child was healed because Christ wanted to meet that need. All things are possible if we believe. If I can take you back to the Garden of Eden for just a moment. When they had sinned and they were hiding from God. How many knows God came down and said, where art thou, Adam? He knew where he was, but he asked him, where yet? Because he even though Adam had failed the test, he was there to touch him and meet his need and have a relationship with him that only he could have. And tonight, as we're here, and as they were talking about that and talking about if you came with things, how many knows God is here to meet your need? He's always there. You might not see him, but I want to tell you, he's always there. I've never seen the angels that camp about us, but they're always there. And no matter what life looks like, no matter what it seems, and when the ad machine can't make it balance, I want to tell you, Jesus is always there. Bartimaeus which we hear a lot of preaching on there is a blind man he had never seen the Lord never was at the Lord's meeting but he heard what Jesus was doing as he's sitting there begging I'm sure people are talking around him and, and maybe he says hey wait a minute who, what, what's going on and they said oh Bartimaeus we was at this meeting and there's a man named Jesus that was there in the blind scene, in the deaf heard, in the crippled walk, and all. Bartimaeus made a decision that if Jesus would just pass by, he would be healed. That decision was made before Jesus ever got there. And how many knows Jesus knew he's going to pass by, and Jesus knew Bartimaeus would be sitting there. How many knows he knows all things. And I believe he passed by because he knew that blind man needed a miracle. And so he's passing by. He hears the crowd screaming. And Bartimaeus says, what's going on? They say, Jesus and the multitudes around him. And people are touching him, but a lot of them are not getting healed. And the reason they're not, they just didn't believe. And Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said Jesus stopped. Because yeah. he wanted to stop. He wanted to touch this man. He wanted to make him whole and meet his need. And Bartimaeus has a beggar's garment on. They wore a beggar's garment. And Bartimaeus had already decided if Jesus would stop, he was going to get healed. And so the Bible said he cast away his garment. He didn't want to be identified with that, even though he hadn't seen yet. He knew Jesus was one that was going to do a miracle for him. And he cast it away, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I won't see my sight. And immediately, Bartimaeus was whole. Because Jesus always wants to meet the need. I said, Jesus wants to meet your need and my need. And he doesn't need us to give him a plan. He doesn't need us to give him directions. You can't add him up. It don't make sense. He's bigger than any number you can come up with. You can't put him in a test tube and figure him out because he's bigger than that. Scientists can't figure him out. The universe is so intense and so big that people are still finding things they didn't know was there because you can't put Jesus and get him in a bottle and say this is what he is. I'll tell you what he is. He's the son of God. And there's, he's the one who spoke and made the world. And he's the one who promises to forgive us of our sins if we ask. And he also promises to meet every need that we have because he's a miracle worker and tonight we need to believe that i said we need to believe that that he is a god that wants to meet every need that we have the scripture says you have not because you ask not and when you ask you ask amiss or in other words you ask with doubt you don't believe not When one time we got to go to Colonel Sanders' house for a big dinner, he had a big barn out back, and he was starting a new franchise called the Colonel's Lady, and he had these big tables with Lazy Susans. Now, Lazy Susans is your cousin, Susan, who's lazy. These are things that spin on the table. And he had big bowls of corn and green beans and all these country dishes and chicken and ham. And and that Sunday we had uh, been in a meeting in Freedom Hall. And Pat Boone was there. Jimmy Swaggert was there. Colonel Sanders was there. And Governor Carroll was there. And all these people. And so the church had a big Greyhound double-decker bus. And so we all got on the bus and went to Colonel Sanders' house to eat. Well, that's what you do when you go to Colonel Sanders. You don't go to play golf. And so you know what? Listen, not one person around that big old table said, you sure there's enough? They start eating, and more they ate, they bought more out. You can spin that lazy. How many knows what Lady Susan is? How many don't know? Some of you ain't sure. Okay. But uh, there was always enough there. You didn't doubt him that the chicken would be bad or that the food would be bad. You're eating at the colonel's table. I never one time looked at a piece of chicken at the table and said, you think I'll get sick? I just grabbed that chicken and begin to tear it off the bone I didn't smell that creamed corn I dipped it on my plate you folks that's never ate country food you don't know what I'm talking about but I'm talking about green beans it's creamed they just slide right down I mean they are delicious And you know why we could do that? Because Colonel Sanders has a reputation that's proven that his chicken was finger-licking good. And everybody in this building has licked your fingers at one time or another. How many ever seen advertisements on TV? They show this pizza you can't find one at the place you buy it but they show this pizza I mean it looks like you could just eat three or four of them and you might order one they might bring it to your house and it's so dry that it looks like a desert pizza it doesn't look like a thing like that advertisement on TV How many ever bought something like that? You see it on TV and you buy it and you get it home and you send it back or throw it away. Well, I said all that to say this. Everything that Jesus said is greater than he said it. It's greater. If he said, I can supply your need, it's much greater than you could ever dream. If he says there's nothing impossible for him to do, your mind can't even figure that out because everything we think is impossible to him is nothing. He can do anything, and he wants to do it. He wants to meet our need. He wants to bless us. He wants you and I to have a relationship with him where we trust him, and instead of saying, and I've done this, so I know what you do as well, we get a bill and we're worried about it. I'm always trying to figure out what's coming in and where the money's going to be. But you heard me preach, if you worry you'll die and you don't worry you'll still die, so why worry? There's a God in heaven that you belong to. There's a God in heaven that loves you. There's a God in heaven that says, I'll meet every need you have. And no matter what you face, no matter how the mountain is, you can climb it. No matter how big the problem is, you can walk through it. Because our God tonight is with us and was always going to meet every need that we face in our life. And not just that, listen to me, not just that, he said, death, where's your sting? You can't do it to my people. Death has no sting. It's just an escape to a a greater place I prepared for them. The God of Janet Neville is your God. The God that Janet Neville's mother in the night hours got a hold of and says, I'm believing my little girl, they say she's going to be crippled. She's in an lung. They said she could die at any moment. I'm not believing it. You're her healer, and I'm going to stand for her. That's your God tonight. The God who said to the men, go catch a fish and there'll be money in its mouth. I wish he'd tell me that. I don't even like to fish. But I'd dive in and grab every fish I could get a hold of. And I'd pry their mouth open to get the money out. But the God who said the fish would have money in their mouth is your God. Can you imagine this This poor fish just swimming, minding his own business? Might be chasing his girlfriend or swimming after her. And all of a sudden he goes. And he's choking to death because the money is in his mouth. That's your God. The God who said, you want manna? I'll give you enough. And caused the land to be covered with manna. More they ever eat is your God tonight. The God who said to those women, just take away the stone. He didn't argue with them, said, I know he wouldn't have died if I was there. He didn't say that. He didn't prove nothing to them. He just said, Take away the stone, get it out of my way. And he stands there when death has begun to touch that man called Lazarus, and his body's already decaying and smelling. And the people say, You need to be careful, he smells bad. And he didn't listen to him because he came for a purpose. And that's to say, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus would come forth totally healed by that word. And that's the God you and I serve tonight. And there's nothing too big for God. That's why he said, say to your mountain. That's what he said. Oh, your mountain's bigger than these over here, folks. But you're to speak to him and just say to him, God's going to give me the money to pay that bill. I'm believing. And God's my healer. And God's going to be with me. And God's never going to leave me. And God's always going to be there. And when you and I do that tonight, no matter what we're facing, God has a miracle for us. I close with Colonel Sanders. He's not here no more. His chicken ain't what it used to be. The portions have getting smaller and smaller. I'm telling you, I remember when you got a lot of mashed potatoes and a lot of cold slaw. I remember those days. And the biscuits were always hot. And you only got butter, you got honey to put on them if you want them. I remember the days they didn't cook up enough to fill the bins so they don't have to work anymore for three hours. And you go there and it's so greasy. You get enough grease that you don't have to be greased again for a month. But he's not there anymore. And can I say something to you? It'd be nice if we could all just pull in that driveway down in Kentucky and go to his door like we used to and knock on it, and he'd answer the door. But he's not there anymore. What he's done is over with. He might have started it. It might still be going. But he's not able to feed you and keep you going. Somebody else will have to do it. But I'm talking about a God tonight that always has been and always will be. He was here before the world, and he'll be here when there'll be a new world. I said, I'm talking about a God who said, lay not your your heart or treasures on this earth, but put your treasures in heaven. Where he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you might be also for in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you so. I'm talking about you want to get thrilled, you ladies who like sparkles and shinies that you put on your fingernails, them little jewels you they glue on your fingers. They ain't nothing. You're gonna have jewels you can walk on, bigger nose. I'm talking about an economy that's like the world doesn't know. I'm talking about everything you'd ever want, never need. Every sound you'd love to hear that you've never heard. Every color will be greater than anything you've ever witnessed on this earth. I'm talking about a peace like you've never felt a peace that only he can give. I'm talking about joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it's all for you. It's all for me. And while we're waiting to go to be with him, he says these words, and I close with them, my God shall supply all of your needs. And he hasn't changed his mind. It's a promise for you, and for me let's bow our heads together tonight if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to christ or you're not born again the greatest thing you can ever experience is christ's forgiveness in your life is there anybody here that would just say to me brother hills i just want to be honest i'm not living for god i'm not born again i'm not a christian But I need Jesus to come in my life and forgive my sins. And you lift your hand and say, pray for me. Anybody across this building? Anybody at all? Okay. Everybody, if you look at me for just a moment, Jesus is waiting for you and I to trust him. That's all he asked. He just said, trust me believe me and I believe tonight I could ask the question and he would ask it to us tonight who do we say he is I say he's the son of God he asked the question is there anything too hard for me to do I asked tonight is there anything too hard for him to do God hasn't changed he hasn't changed his mind listen when he forgave you and me he's seen our worst days ahead He's seen the times we wouldn't believe, and he sees the times we didn't trust. But you know what? He still came and forgave us, and he's still waiting for us just to trust him tonight. And as Pastor Wilson prayed before the service started, whenever you came, you might be heavy, you have needs. You know what you need to do tonight? You just need to say, Lord, I'm trusting you, and you promised to meet my need, and I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm just going to trust you. Because if you can figure out, you don't need Him. But when you need Him, you don't lean to your own understanding. But in all of our ways, we acknowledge Him, and He'll give us direction to our path and meet every need that we have. Let's pray this prayer together. Pray with me. Say, Lord, you understand the struggles that we have, that we want to trust you, But we also want to tell you how to do it many times. And we ask you to forgive us for that. Because you already have a plan. And that is you're going to meet every need. Lord, you don't need our directions or our help. All you need is for us to trust you. So help me tonight to trust you. Don't lean on my understanding, but trust you that you're going to meet every need that I have. You're going to bless my life because Jesus paid that price for me. And I thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.